Hello and welcome to Voices for Local or Main Hu Manisha Singh Katyal. My guest today is someone I'm excited to talk with. She has featured in Forbes 30 under 30 in Asia and India and is successfully taking her family legacy forward with her brand Ikaya. She has a vision and passion, so let's get to know her better. She is Palak Shah, the CEO of Ikaya. So thank you for being on the show Palak it's a real pleasure thank you for having me you know at voices for local we love to talk to brands that are doing superbly well not just supporting a local artisans and carigars but at the same time doing so many innovations in the brand itself so you know one of the things that caught my eye mm-hmm. was the brilliant gift box ideas that you have with a little dupatta and a matching pocket square So I want to know is that your idea and you know I'm very curious to know how you thought of it because it's a his and her thing in the box so tell me a little bit about it you know you'll actually find it funny because it actually came up with the whole idea of upcycling and it came up because one day I'd walked into office and I saw all these scrap fabrics lying there and I was like you know what what do we do with these scrap fabrics because I didn't want to throw them away and my master was not able to use them for blouses because they were very tiny and odd sized and i'm like you know what corona is here when we first of all make masks why don't we create pocket squares out of it why don't we create you know why don't we start creating gift sets because anyone who's sort of gifting something for a woman wants to give something for the man as well and nothing like a pocket square and a pocket square is so simple and it just adds so much to an outfit so definitely our idea even you know we just try and look for newer things to do with like scrap fabric at all points of time right so that idea was basically how to get rid of my scrap fabric basically <laughs> but it's a brilliant idea what a great gifting idea yeah even our cushion covers came from there even our jewelry came from there so whenever you see all these knickknacks at ikaya it always is palak getting trying to get rid of a scrap fabric right but you know palak you come from a family with a legacy a family that's been in the business and you have now joined the business so i'm sure growing up you were having dinner table conversations you were surrounded with fabric you know these conversations at home kaun sa fabric karna chahiye kaun si saree aaye must have been regular conversations right it's really funny because i'm very close to my father and i'm very close to my uncles it's again like i said it's a joint family business it's my dad and his two brothers and my granddad and you know we've been running this business for the past 80 years and so while growing up i've spent a huge amount of time with them because i still love going to office with them because i was my dad's pooch as they call it he used to go wherever he used to go so i've spent a lot of time in office and hence i've spent a lot of time trying to very unconsciously you know absorb colors and fabrics and silks which i didn't even think i was taking in that knowledge at that point of time growing up of course you know in the office just as my dad's child sitting there no interest in doing this and nothing at all i remember then i used to have a little stock room in my next to my house and they used to have scrap fabrics there scrap fabric is the bane of my life i feel even then i used to go dig the scrap fabrics and i used to create stuff out of it for my babies so my love for blouses and my love for draping my love for thing actually started back then we're also a gujarati family so you can imagine the amount we're obsessed with business it's in your genes my granddad's 84 and all he talk about he calls me every day and he'll just be like kitty selui so having said that you know kuchu family all we really spoke about was business on the table you know this customer that customer how to do so without realizing so much went in and i didn't intend for it to go in but it still went in you know so actually subconsciously yes you were being groomed to take this position 
because you were learning every day mm-hmm. and i didn't imagine i was going to because this wasn't my intention at all to join the family business so what was your intention i feel like a lot of young girls will also relate to it because i come from a joint family business i come from banaras i come from a gujarati family so the obvious thing was to get married and my family I was the first girl to start working but my dad while growing up used to always tell me that he sees me as the next indira noi mm he just wanted me to be independent he wanted to be independent i don't think even my dad anticipated the kind of trajectory that my career took off or he didn't imagine that i would be working in this capacity that i would be heading a business neck to neck with him i don't think he ever thought that and i think what he implied back then was to be financially independent but also lead a balanced family life but clearly i think it went on the actually in the ranui <laughs> spectrum so like i was saying i mean like i thought my trajectory in life was to graduate and then I'll find a suitable husband for myself and then I'd be bounced off but you know fate is such a beautiful thing and destiny is such a beautiful thing it just so happened that after i sort of graduated my dad wanted to actually open a kaya a year before and my dad's vision was to start a retail business you know was not to sort of create the kind of brand that got created you know i mean he's a wholesaler he still is a wholesaler at this point and that's a bread and butter but he used to always be like you know i want to start a retail showroom and i want to do something different i want to show my creativity so that was actually going to start in 2011 but unfortunately it got pushed on by a year by then i was already about 10 12 years away from home already so my dad is like you know when you come home when you join the business you know basically just as a rope to get me back to india because i was in london at that point of time and i came back and you know i joined him for a month we both were at each other's necks because we are like you know like my way of working he had his way of working and you know two strong people cannot survive in the same place so i was like you know what screw you i'm going to delhi and i'll take care of ikaya and i don't think he ever imagined that the brand would take off in such a way and a very funny story which very few people know about is when ikaya was starting my dad was very worried about who was going to take over the business you know who was going to handle ikaya right now you are starting the retail venture you always need a family member to sit and to run it and my then consultant himanshu ilam design he's the one who's created my branding etc he told my dad he said you know put palak as a pilot she'll run it and i was all of 2021 so he's like are you sure so he's like no you know put her as a pilot she'll run it he hadn't met me he just heard of me and i don't know what he thought what he saw nothing and my dad did and then you know just one thing like to another to another to another it's going to be 10 years for me next year i'm a strong believer in destiny because especially with how ikaya panned out in my life so i think when whatever is meant to happen will find its way to you you will find a sabbatical time you will find the right partner like it just all sort of is planned in a way right so there's a whole debate that dad and i have at all points of time dad always says that life gives you options and you pick and i'm like life gives you option and makes you choose certain things so that you land up somewhere in that process and it's really funny because my family treats me like an equal so when you know they might be 20 years older than me etc but when we're sitting on a table we're discussing like equals because at this point of time we're talking in terms of experience we're talking in terms of success we're talking in terms of how much one has proved themselves over the years and also all this has only come to me after 10 years of working that's right if in the first year of working i expected to walk into the office and call the shots i mean then i might even prove myself is not possible that's true i 100% endorse that and i also feel in life there's no substitute to hard work 
you know, so I want to know from you, how many hours does Palak work in a day? <laughs> Palak is quite honestly working, working about eight to nine hours, I think. Working, working, like as in my workday starts by 10, 30, 11, and I'm working, working till about seven, after which I switch off. But at the same time, like me and my team, there's a constant joke running that we're working 24-7. Because if anything arises, we're available at all points. If any emails need to be sent, any work calls need to be done, we're working. But I think in order to sort of have a work-life balance, you need to switch off after workout. Right. Because only if you switch off is when you're going to be rejuvenated to think the next morning. For me, my routine is very important. My workouts are very important. My friends are very important. My time with family is very important. When that is there, I do not carry work troubles home. But when I'm at work, we literally have zero minute to even think or do anything. But we just had this kind of just running, running, running. So how big is the team now? In 10 years, how big is the team? Right under me, we are about 70 people. So that's like a big team. I mean, directly under me, we're about 70 people. In my marketing team, we're about eight to nine people. You know, we have my operations team, we have my accounts team, we have my sales staff. So they're all directly reporting to me. My dad's team is a whole different situation. My weavers are a whole different situation. So it's a massive team at this point of time. Wow. And to be in touch with everyone is a whole different ordeal altogether, which I am. So, so you know, in my research, it showed that Ikaya supports around 8,000 weavers in Banaras. So I want to know what is the relationship like with the weavers? Because I'm assuming because it's a family legacy. I'm sure there's a relationship that's passed on a few generations with some of them. So what's 100%. the relationship like? How do you guys collaborate and work together? And just not collaboration in terms of pure to give and take, but just collaboration in terms of exchange of ideas, suggestions, all of it. So the relationship is very family-like. And like how it works in the corporate culture, the viewers are calling my dad directly. They're calling my uncles directly. We are going for their weddings. We are spending time with them. So I don't think it just ends as buy from me and get over with it. It's so much more than that because it's so many more years of knowing somebody. It's so many more years of working with somebody. It's so many more years of getting involved in their day-to-day lives, in their problems. You know, it's so many more things. Like it's just not a transactional relationship anymore. Right. You know, so the weavers are like part of a family at this point of time. You know, my dad is actually the one who takes care of the weavers and my uncle. So I don't interact so much with them. I mean, only when I go to Banaras, they know me because as a little child, who used to follow my dad everywhere. Right. Working with them is, of course, again, very collaborative. Most of the designs are made by us and are given to the weavers. But again, we always take weaver suggestion as to this will work, this will not work. This design will look good. So try this color, Bana. And, you know, especially with our revival project, the weavers have come into an actual collaboration with us because when we've got products which are so many years old, yes. to re-weave it, we need to both think and crack our brain as to what kind of weaving technique do we now apply onto it to recreate those pieces. So it's a very collaborative process. Already. So when you mean recreate those pieces, are these old pieces that are coming mm-hmm. to you guys yes. to actually yes. revive and create? Yes. Yes, yes. So let's say, example, you have your grandmother's saris. And of right. course, they're no longer made because they're your grandmother's saris. And back in the day, the category used to be different. There used to be different weavers. The techniques used to be different. And hence, it's heirloom, right? But if you want to have it fixed, you know, you come to me saying, Palak, I love this design. I want to recreate it. So now we'll have to sit with our weavers. We'll have to rack our brain as to how to recreate it because many of the techniques are no longer prevalent. That's right. So, you know, that's where the real collaboration with the weaver and my father comes in. And again, to the time you don't know how to work with weaving, 
you don't know how to sort of even instruct the weaver. That's it's almost right. like, you know, you can work with a chef, but if you don't know how to cook, you can't tell him how to make the dish that you're looking for. That's right. No, but I think it's great because I think all of us at some point, like for me personally, I have at least one sari from every senior family member of mine, be it my grandmother, mm-hmm. be it my great grandmother, be it, you know, so generations down and I've preserved and kept them. But like you said, you know, it's kapra at the end of the day. And because of that, they look good, but you feel scared to wear them in case, you know, they rip. You, it is, you know, it is. And it is, right? So, I mean, I think it's absolutely great if somebody can just bring them to you and you can recreate it because what an emotional journey as well for a client. But, you know, it's also very scary for me because I'm taking care of your emotions now. And if my viva ends up screwing it up or, you know, if we end up losing it by mistake, because we're also humans at the end of the day. That's I mean, right. you know, it's a very fragile job. It's a very fragile endeavor that we're taking on. So, you know, I also read somewhere in my research that you said that the textile market was heavily dominated by what the customers demanded. And somewhere, you know, you wanted to be your creative self. And I want to know from you the balance between what your customer needs and the creativity that you get, because it's, again, a tough balance to do. It's not easy because, you know... There are times when your mind wants to create something and then there's a time when there's a demand for something. So how have you cracked that balance at Ikaya? You know, the reason why Ikaya was open was to create, was to explore the creativity. You know, it was created to sort of explore the creativity of my dad and the weavers and to really show the uninhibited, you know, potential of Banarsi textiles to really create anything that we wanted to. And I feel that's what Ikaya stands there for. You know, we are textile engineers. We will create something. We will shock you every single time we create something. So all our collections are actually an exhibit of our creativity. Something that's never seen before. And the consumer can never ask for something that's never seen before because he doesn't know that this is a possibility to be created. So while most of our regular collection is what the consumers want, let's say the consumers are coming in for a red sari, they're coming in for a bandani, they're coming for this. So 80% of our collection will be that. But that 20% has so much of a shock value that the customers are like, oh my God, we want a piece of that. Oh my God, how did you create it? Oh my God, is this even possible? So, you know, it's a mix of both. But like all our collections that we launch through the years are an exhibit of the potential of what all Banaras can do. So, you know, one of the things that I liked on your website was the fact that there's something for the younger generation as well. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, so for me, wearing a Banarsi sari has to be an occasion. You know, either it's a wedding, it's a dinner party, whatever. But you have some really nice jackets and pantsuits and, you know, like skirts, fun stuff as well. So do you see a lot of youngsters today changing and, you know, getting into the trend of wearing tradition? Because at the same time, youngsters want to break that tradition. So it's like a dilemma. But do you see a lot of youngsters wearing them? I think if you present tradition in a way that's acceptable to the young people, they will accept it. Right. So let's say, for example, if you try and sort of topo, if you try and shove it down their throat, that here, this is how my grandmother wore it, so this is how you have to wear it. That's not going to work. But if you tell them that this is your grandmother's sari, have fun with it. You know, don't be worried about, you know, what you're going to do. Show it in the way that, you know, let's say your creativity. So, you know, then people are more inclined towards wearing it. Let's say, for example, someone wants to wear the, the grandmom's jacket. The sari is a jacket, by all means. You're still carrying a little bit of your grandmom wherever you go. So similarly with our, with our traditional textiles, it doesn't have to be limited to the way it was created. 
don't bastardize it. Don't sort of create something really bad with it or something really sort of that takes away the traditional value of it or in whichever way you want to embrace the tradition, you embrace it as long as you embrace the tradition. And also our goal really, Manisha, is to increase the work for these Indian artisans. That's right. And the work can only be increased once you make it reach more people. And the only way to make it reach more people is to adapt and to evolve and to give it to them in the way that they want or the way the world is evolving. Yes. Yes. So that's my goal. So like I could be making jackets, cushions, I could be making scrunchies for all I care. You know, that's my problem. You know, I'm, I want more and more people to come to me. And once they've tasted a little bit of Indian textiles, how it works it becomes all the more interesting. I agree with you because the beauty of an Indian textile will outshine any other thing that you purchase mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm, lasts mm-hmm. you forever. So even if it's a simple jacket, it's forever. Absolutely. But tell me something, what is the kind of emphasis that you lay on your customers, your data? Because it's a constantly evolving thing, right? Because your customers are all over the world, I'm assuming. And, you know, they're ordering literally from an online site. And it's very important that when the product reaches them, you have to ensure a certain amount of customer satisfaction, right? You know, we try and get the Ikaya experience online in whatever way we can, right? Because when someone comes to the store, they have this whole entire Ikaya experience. And I'm really working very hard to get the Ikaya experience online in terms of assistance, in terms of product detailing, in terms of touch points. So we're working very hard on online and we're doing fairly well online as well. And I feel like also we are very in tune with what the customer demands. So let's say example, even if I get one message from a client saying, you know, Palak, you should do this. And if it is a valid request, I will take it because, you know, it's coming from a place of goodwill for me. That's right. You know, whoever is sort of recommending it to me is thinks well about me and, you know, is looking for something, you know, is thinking about something and is perhaps a demand that many people are not able to voice. So, you know, we recently launched something called My Wardrobe. So a lot of people used to ask for prices for whatever I used to wear. And then, you know, there came a couple of clients who said, listen, please do a section in your website called Palak's Wardrobe. And I was like, you know what, that's not a bad idea because I'm always very shy to promote, you know, myself or promote what I wear at all points of time. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. And we put it live and it's just been on fire. Palak, I've checked it out. I like one of those brown (laughs) saris of yours. (laughs) You've draped a gorgeous coffee brown, dark brown sari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I've literally like got my eyes on that one, I'm telling you now. <laughs> no, thank you. So what are the other marketing innovations that Ikaya does? Because in the end, it's also tough online space to be. There are many brands out there who are in a, not maybe direct competition, some may be direct, some may be in a similar zone. So what kind of marketing innovations does Ikaya do to stand out of the clutter? You know, we're always doing some form of innovation. I feel like I always put myself as a consumer. We started by showcasing, you know, how do you sort of justify expensive saris that you're buying on? You know, we started off by showing the number of hours that have gone into it. You know, we started by showing the whole breakup of it. You know, we did this really exciting activity that we did in July where we did a secret sale online. Right. So we're sort of known for our secret sale where it's only for our database and nobody else. So we somehow managed to do that online. We're also a bunch of young kids doing this, right? So even my team is young. So What's the average age at Ikaya? You're going to laugh because I think the average age is about 28, 29 at Ikaya. At, at least wow. of the marketing team. So, wow. you know, I think we're all about 24, 23, 25, 26, 29, like, like 30 is the gap. 
type nobody above 30 at a guy at least in the marketing team right so once you have all these young kids coming in you know your young mind is also coming in you know your gen z way of thinking is coming yes. gen z ways of ideas are coming in and that's how a brand becomes a lot more relevant at that point of time that's right that's right tell me something what are the future trends that you see in your business that are going to be the next big things um i think you know future trends are going to see i mean like you know online shopping is going to be big for sure in fact we're going to we guys are even discussing your whole nft and metaverse and all these other things that are coming in at this point of time and i'm trying to figure out how do we enter that space right you know or do we even enter that space at this point of time you know because we're all hand woven hand crafted so creating something digital also kills that part of it but also you know you could sort of create an nft out of certain designs or certain sarees so you know i mean like it's a whole uh, explorative thing at the at the front and that's going on so and also you know with covid etc also you're in such a halt at this point of time yes it's a slight slumber you know exactly because you don't know whether to really innovate and jump whether you're going to get that kind of response at that point of time or whether do you stay stagnant or do you grow like you don't know with covid right because you don't know when the new wave is going to hit you that's right that's right so there's a certain amount of uncertainty still at the back of our minds and i think it is going to stay for a while Yeah but you know I'm very impressed that a bunch of young people like you said an average age of 27 28 are working to revive an old art form and making sure that the weavers get enough business so I think kudos to that palak I mean I think it's fabulous what you guys are doing thank you I want to know from you before we end we always ask this question is that if you would like to nominate someone to feature in our show who would the person be I think uh, you know when at the top of my head if I have to think you know, certain jewelry brands like Roma Narsinghania she is doing excellent at this point in time it's really interesting how she is changing the space of you know I think jewelry you have Dora I love working with Dora at all points of time because I think she's so innovative. She's in very she innovative as a matter of fact I've just landed up ordering stuff online from Dora. Oh I love her stuff. I love her stuff. I love Anu Morton a lot. Anu Morton one of my other mm-hmm. favorites Anu Morton and you know again uh, mixes tradition with today. Yeah. You know the brand another person who I actually really love in terms of you know kind of his journey are also Shantanu Nikhil you know being very senior designers they're infusing yes. so much youthness in their brand at this point of time because many of the big leagues are now sort of retiring that's right and now Shantanu Nikhil is arriving you know these guys are now back to it and they're in the scene and they're sort of like you know getting youthness in the brand and it's so important and it's so interesting to see it I think they've innovated with time and I think that's what's important for any brand. Yeah. You know to be able yeah. to imbibe the current trends to be able to learn. See one of the biggest things I think for any entrepreneur any individual is to keep your mind open to picking up new things and not be you know boxed to say this is what I'm going to do. This is who this is who I am and this is what I do it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah, so like you know, even Napa Dory, so many interesting brands out there. I feel like so many yeah. people who inspire and you learn from them and you come up with cooler ideas. Thank you so much. It was so lovely chatting with you, Palak. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for choosing to be a part of this show, Palak, and wishing you all the best. To all my listeners, write in to me with your suggestions, names of brands that you would like to see get featured. and connect with me on my Instagram at monishasingkatyal 
and please do follow at Voices for Local on Instagram to know more about your favorite local brands. Until next time, do check out Ikaya online. Happy shopping! Happy shopping!